Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight we're going to kind of piece, put some pieces in the puzzle that we didn't have last week. Just kind of go over some things that I, just little bits and pieces and a couple of other major areas I want to touch on tonight. You know, um, I started this little thing on healing just as a reminder, you know, to you that healing belongs to us. And that it's always God's will to heal. You know, that's just something you have to just constantly stay on top of. That it is always God's will to heal. Without question, it's his will to heal you. You know, it's people go around and they say, well, I know God's able. Hey, well, that's well and good. But until you know that God's willing as well as able, you're not going to get very far. I know my husband is able to give me $100 that's in his pocket. But whether he's willing to, I don't know. (laughs) But see, God is more than able and he's more than willing. It doesn't matter, you know, he doesn't have any other projects going on that he's going, oh, no, I'm going to save this for my project. You know, God is able to use his power for your benefit, for your healing every single moment of every single day. And then we went on, we started talking about faith and medicine last week. And, you know, uh, one of pastor's instructors at Rama said this years ago, and, it, and it's always been such a great thing. <clears throat> he said, if it's not practical, it's not, if it's not practical, it's not spiritual. You know, you've got to be able to take what you hear in a place like this and apply it to your lives. And, and I, I tended to, to focus a lot of times on practical matters. And to me, making sure you understand that medicine goes hand in hand with what God wants for you can help you. The highest and the best would be for us to always believe God for our healing and to obtain our healing. But you know what? We don't always find ourselves in a place where we can believe God for that. And we talked about some of those things last week. You know, there was a, there's a scripture over in Second Chronicles 16 that says Asa the king. He said, it says, he sought only help from physicians. And my intent is for you not to, to put all your trust and your confidence in medicine, but put it in God. Because Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all our ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will direct our paths, and there are times when he will direct you to go find some medical assistance. And so we found out last week that, that medicine cannot be the enemy's idea. God had to institute it. He put things in the earth that we use in medicines today. Laughingly, after church last week, somebody said, well, you forgot the most important plant there is that, that, that is used in medicine today. And I'm going, oh, yeah, what? Cannabis. Okay. All right cute not cute <laughs> but but you know one of the, the scriptures that was in my notes that I didn't I didn't get to last week I've just washed right over that Miss Jackie came up and reminded me of is um, Proverbs 17:22 a merry heart does good like a medicine and it does you know, and so if, if God didn't think medicine was good for you and good for you to use, you know, he wouldn't say it does good like a medicine. He's telling you medicine is good. 
So a merry heart. And so I happen to, to remember something that uh, actually I heard Brother Richard Roberts talk about, and I, I don't know what, what it was. It was out of the Mayo Clinic, and it was this huge, long thing about, about laughter. And so I just, I just picked something up uh, just today that actually is out of the Mayo Clinic. I, would, I need to go back and find out this thing he got because it was absolutely amazing what joy and laughter will do for you. You know, you can't go around with a, just a down-in-the-dumps attitude all the time. It's good for you to laugh. You know, the Bible says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. And another place it says that he filled our mouths with laughter and our tongue with singing. There's a holy laughter. If you've ever been in a laughing service, how did you feel when you left that service? I mean, you could have floated out of here. That's what laughter will do for you. That's what God intends for you to do for you. But this is just a, just a, a, quick, a, just a quick little thing about, about laughter. Uh, this is about stress relief from laughter. It says the short-term benefits, okay, well, it starts off by saying a good sense of humor can't cure all ailments, but data is mounting about the positive things laughter can do. Short-term benefits, it says it actually stimulates many of your organs. Laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles, and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain. Now, if any of you all recall Dr. Ed Dufresne, who's in heaven right now, he used to come up with some crazy words. And somebody said something like this to him one time. And so he gets in the pulpit the next time. He goes, yeah, when when you laugh, the dolphins are released into your bloodstream. Well, of course, that, that tickled everybody that heard that. Absolutely. But no, it's the endorphins. <laughs> it says it activates and relieves your stress response. A rollicking laugh fires up, then cools down your stress response, and it can increase, then decrease your heart rate and blood pressure. The result, a good, relaxed feeling. It can also soothe tension. Laughter can also stimulate circulation and aid muscle relaxation, both of which can help reduce some of the physical symptoms of stress. Long-term effects. It improves your immune system. Negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system and decreasing your immunity. By contrast, positive thoughts can actually release neuropeptides that help fight stretch, stress and potentially more serious illnesses. It can relieve pain. Laughter may ease pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. Um, laughter can also make it easier to cope with difficult situations. It also helps you connect with other people. Listen, I remember years ago when Pastor was going through through cancer, and and it was it was a we knew it was a we were in a serious situation. But you know what? We found many opportunities to make light of the whole thing, and uh, and have a good laugh about some of this stuff. And I'm telling you what. It, it's, it's amazing what just a good laugh in the middle of all that anxiety and stress, what it can do to just end that right then. Um, it says it can also improve your mood. Thank God some people need a mood improvement. <laughs> Many people experience depression, sometimes due to chronic illnesses. Laughter can help lessen your stress, depression, and anxiety and make, make you feel happier, it can also improve your self-esteem. You know, one of the things that, that 
it's always interesting to me that it happens, is the enemy, when he, when he brings sickness into somebody's life, he will get them so focused on the illness, so focused on the effects, so focused on their body that they can't see anything else. And then he, if he can isolate them from people who could bring humor, laughter, lightheartedness into a situation, he can keep them there. You know, when you're, you're fighting anxiety, when you're fighting depression, when you're fighting a serious illness, you need somebody who can get a good chuckle out of you. You really do. It helps to have a good sense of humor. It does not help you to not have a good sense of humor. I've had family members over the years, they don't even know where their sense of humor ever went. I don't know if they ever had one. Just like, really? Get over it. Just get over it. Get over yourself, you know. But um, laughter is such an important thing. Just, just sometimes just find, they have, they have taken patients and had them go find funny movies so they could just sit, just watch a funny movie, find something that just gets you laughing and just sit there with, and people who have gone for hours and hours watching something funny. This is just natural thing. This has no spiritual thing, connotation to it at all. Just doctors saying, find something that makes you laugh. Could, could come back and report that their pain level was lessened and, and their symptoms got better. They improved. It's amazing what that kind of thing will do. So, you know, we used to have a uh, uh, a book in the bookstore, and I don't know. It's, I don't know. I guess it's still in print. I don't know where it might find it. It wasn't on, on my bookcase. We, I know we have it at home by um, a minister by the name of Roy Hicks. He wrote a book called "He Who Laughs Lasts," and let me tell you, that is true. You need to find something to laugh. When things look bleak, find something to laugh at. When your body is telling you, you know, no, 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 find something to laugh at. It'll help you. And make everybody else around you happy, too. Amen. So anyway, we're going to go on from that. Uh, you know, last week, you know, I told you that if you go to a doctor, you need to pray. And we need to pray, number one, before you go to the doctor, you have the right doctor. That he has the right wisdom. That he has the right, you know, path for you to go on. Uh, pray before you have tests done. Pray before you get the results. My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. Trusting in him. My heart is fixed. The news is good, great. If the news is bad, so what? You know, it's okay. My heart is fixed. Because, you know, sometimes we just need to know what's going on so that we can just focus on what, what kind of healing we need. And, you know, let me just say this. When you're dealing with a serious illness, you need to find scriptures that specifically speak to your heart. Today might be one scripture and tomorrow might be a different one. I know Kendra and I have had this conversation because of, you know, what she went through a couple of years ago. And, and, and each, she said each day she would get up and say, you know, just ask the Lord to, to direct her into the scripture for today. It's not quantity that matters. It's quality that matters. What's speaking to me today? What is it? You know, where, where, where could I put my focus today? And then pray before you take, take medicine. 
Medicine is there to help you. It's help to alleviate symptoms. It's to help your body heal itself. Because honestly, medicine does not cure you. It helps your body do what your body is designed to do already. And so pray before you take medicine. Just like you pray over a meal, bless your medicine. Bless it. She and I have the same experience. Before we did chemo, we went into chemo thanking God that we had this avenue to, to use in our lives. We went into it thanking God that, that this medicine was going to do what it was designed to do. We went into it, both of us saying that, that it was going to do what it was supposed to and it was not going to have ill effects on my body. That side effects would be minimal at best. I mean, or nil. I mean... You know, I, I, I felt like I did really well through six months of chemo, and I, I believe she did too. You know, there were times when you challenged, absolutely. But, you know, you go into it and say, no, I thank you, Lord, this, this medicine, because chemo is a poison, you know, and there's a lot of other medicines. If you read the side effects that the, you know, pharmacy gives you, you would never take any of it. But those are possibilities. But you and I can negate the possibilities with our faith. That's what we need to do. Negate them. And so, and so that's what you, you know, um, it's designed to poison the cancer. But also, it, you know, it affects good cells. Just go, no, it's not going to affect the good cells in my body. It's not going to affect that. So anyway, you need to do that. Um, once you get, you, you know, when people come up on a prayer line, let me just, let me just kind of, I'm kind of going to bouncing around a little bit here, but I just kind of want to cover a few little things. Um, when people come up in a prayer line, and especially when there is a healing anointing present, you know, we, you pray, as, as ministers, we pray for people in faith. And whether we feel something or not really has no bearing on it. You know, we know that when, when we lay hands on people, that healing power is being transmitted in that body. When you receive that, and you can, as ministers, you can tell when people receive it and when they don't receive it. Sometimes they don't because they just, they're, they're trying to mentally figure this out. It's not a mental thing. But the power of the Lord is present to heal. And when the power of the Lord is present to heal, that power goes in you whether you feel it or whether you don't. Some people fall, some people don't. It has nothing to do whether the power is there or not. It has everything to do with what you believe you have received. The power is present. You just have to put your faith on it so that it can do the work. Because, you know, we used to sing a song around here called, There's Something on the Inside Working on the Outside. It's got to work on the inside before you see it on the outside. You know, too many times people come up in a prayer line, especially when somebody's gifts of healing or in manifestation, and, and you... You can get used to that kind of thing. No, God wants you to learn to use your faith. But there are times when he has gifts of healing and manifestation to supernaturally accelerate that. But when he does, you have to be careful that you keep your healing. Because the enemy will always come back and bring symptoms back to you. And if you're not careful, you'll go, oh, I thought I got healed, and the symptoms are back. Yes, you got healed. Of course the enemy's going to come, and he's going to try to put these things back on you to see if you'll take them or not. 
Well, you know, we do what it says, resist the devil and he will flee. It's what James says, resist the devil and he will flee. Now, I had this come up in an email and it was, it was so, um, I could identify with this so well. Somebody was asking me, because you know what I have said, you know, last week was that when symptoms are on your body and, and it could be something very serious, follow the leading of your heart. And sometimes when it doesn't seem like it's anything big, check your spirit to see what God's got to say, what kind of direction he's got for you on this area. And so I got an email from somebody that says, listen, I've had this, I've had this ongoing thing and it was with a cardiac issue. And I said, I totally identify with this. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, um, they said, you know, this, this, this thing comes on them and they, and they've, their heart's racing and, and they've got palpitations and it feels like an irregular heartbeat and, and they don't know whether they need to go to a doctor or whether they don't need to go to a doctor and, and what do I do? Well, let me give you some, a clue. Here's a couple of things you do. Number one, take authority over that fear and that anxiety that's accompanying you. Because I personally have had that happen. Now, you know, my father had a heart attack. My husband in 2015 had to have heart stents put in. And, and he, was, he was this close to death. And the, the grace of God is what kept him alive until they could get those stents in. And so there are times because of family situations, because of natural situations, because of, you know, things that we've encountered in life, we may be hypersensitive in a particular area where it comes to our bodies. And, and just, just personally, I can tell you this. I have had this happen where I went to bed at night and suddenly it feels like my heart's just, it's just kind of out of whack. And then anxiety starts. And then I can just feel all this, this stuff. There's tingling in my face. There's tingling across my shoulders. There's, you know, all these things that, you, that you've read about that might be symptoms of a heart. They start going, and, you, and now you can't hardly breathe. And, 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 and it's hard to figure out, what, what can I do? What am, what am I supposed to do? What, what am I supposed to do? What am I, supposed to do? I, mean, I, had a, I mean, I had this happen right after pastor had his stents, you know, in the middle of the night. But what I have learned from that, and it's, and it's happened many times since then, what I have learned is, number one, take authority over it. Number two, get your mind quiet by either singing or speaking the word. You can sing the word. You can sing songs. Get your mind to shut down. Get it to stop that nonsense. And then speak to your body and tell it it needs to come in line. Now you're ready to look here and figure out what do I need to do, if anything. You know, nine times out of ten, it's nothing. It's just the enemy trying to throw you off. But if you're not, if you're not, if you're not sure, somebody says, well, how will I know? I mean, in the middle of all this, how will I know? You've heard God before. You followed the leading of the Lord before. It's the same thing. Just right, that's a good time to remember. Okay, these are the times 
when God spoke to my heart and I obeyed and I had great results. You know, it could have been in any kind of an area, in any kind of a situation, not just health-wise, but in any kind of situation. This is where I heard God this, and I followed it and it was great and it worked out well and, it was, and I know it was God. What did that feel like? You apply that to this, this moment. If you still don't know, what, and it seems to be a life-threatening situation, do something. Better to be safe than sorry. Do something. 911 doesn't cost you a dime unless you get in the ambulance and they take you to the hospital. Call them. Let them come check you out. That time in 2015, I called them. They came. My heartbeat was up between 180 and 200. You know, and it was just, it was, the blood pressure was, was, was off the charts. And, and it was just, it was just crazy. But, you know, after, after I sat there and they checked it out and everything, and they're going, everything's fine, everything, you know, then all that anxiety started going. But, you know, I didn't have to get that far with it. But if it doesn't seem to be taking any effect and you're still in a doubt, just go find out. Call 911, go to the nearest EMT station, get on the phone to the doctor, Whatever you need to do if you're not sure. Like I said, better safe than sorry. And I keep saying over and over again, better to get it checked out and stay here than to not check it out and you be gone before you should be gone. That is the last thing anybody wants. But it is the thing the enemy is after. He doesn't want you here to fulfill the plan of God. I keep telling you that and I, I, just, want you to, I just want you to hear me. He doesn't want you here, not because he cares about you so much, because you're already born again. You already know where you're going. He doesn't want your influence in other people's lives. He doesn't want the impact you could have on this world to get any further if he can help it. And so we want you to be here, to stay here, to be in health, to prosper. We want you here. So these are the things that I think when you come up against it and you suddenly are engulfed with with a panic over what this is, you need to take these steps. Speak to the fear. Take authority over, over over the fear and the anxiety. Speak to your body. And then say, Father, I thank you. I know your voice. I know your voice. I can hear you accurately. I know what to do. I know what to do. Spend some time just praising and thanking God. That's what, what will help calm your mind and get it refocused on what you need to be able to hear. So I, I trust that that helps somebody because, you know, this person who emailed me, I said, I can identify with that 100% because I've been there. You know, and, and what I've learned, this is what I've learned of how to deal with it. Because the enemy, he's smart. You know, he's persistent. You know, maybe he's not as smart as he thinks he is, but he is persistent. And so he'll keep trying this, you know, but you get better and better about cutting him off at the pass, you know, when you do these things. Um, You need to, I've said this before, I'll say it again. You, we need to take care of our bodies naturally. This, this is the temple that God has given us to live in. Our spirit man lives in this body. We need to take care of this body. You know, Ephesians 4.27, it says, Neither give place to the enemy. Don't give him place to have an opportunity to come in and to do something 
you know, that he, he's looking to do. Because he's not looking to do anything good, I can tell you that. Hallelujah. Um, now, I know this may not sound exactly like it's real faith. And, and some people will say, you know, what I'm about to talk to you about. Oh, if you're in faith, you're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be, don't be dumb here. Just listen to me. There are things that you need to have in place just in the event that something happens and you go to heaven sooner than you should. There are things that you need to have in place in case you get ill enough that you cannot make decisions for yourself. You need to, uh, even if you're young, don't just bank on the fact that, oh, I'm only 22. I mean, this this isn't anything that really applies to me. Yes, it does. 22-year-olds die all the time from one thing or another. Um, You need to have, especially as we get older, a power of attorney available so that somebody, what would happen if you got into an accident? And so for several weeks, you know, you could not, you could not take care of your bills. You could not take care of, of things that needed to be taken care of. Somebody needs to be able to do that. Somebody needs to be able to, to take care of your affairs for you during those times. Obviously, it has to be somebody that you trust greatly. You don't want to, you can, you can limit a power of attorney. You can limit the, the scope of it. Um, you can do all kinds of things, but you, you need to look into those kind of things. You need to have a health care surrogate. You need to have somebody named and a backup named. Uh, a couple of years ago, my sister's health has not been great in the last, last couple of years. She's had some serious things going on. And uh, two years ago, uh, something happened, and, and to this day, I'm not really quite sure what it, what it was. Um, seems that she may have had a heart attack and a stroke all at the same time. But when I got to the hospital, there was, there was nobody I mean, she has two grandchildren um, who, who are grown, but honestly, you wouldn't want them making health care decisions for you. And so I became my sister's health care surrogate. And when there was times when, when she you know, was alert enough, she could make decisions. There were times when she wasn't alert enough to make decisions. And, you know, I, you know, you have to make sure that somebody's got your best interests in mind. You know, to give them that authority. There needs to be even a backup. You know, there's secondary on that. to make. You need to make sure somebody knows what you want in the event something should happen. I will say this. I don't know. How many of you are organ donors? Okay, let me, let me warn you about something. Did you know that if you have the fact that you're an organ donor on your driver's license that the... Uh, procurement people can come in before you die. If you've been declared brain dead, they can come in and they can take over. This may not be what you want. They can make decisions apart from your family. So you might want to wait and just make sure that uh, the person you designate as health care surrogate is the person who knows what your wishes are concerning that. Don't leave it so that it's out of the hands of your family. You know, take it off your driver's license. There was an incident out in Oklahoma where Pastor Ken, was, Ken Hagen was involved in. A young man was in an accident and uh, was in the hospital, and he had, he had signed up to be an organ donor. And 
they, the, the medical team was ready to declare him brain dead. The family was not ready to do that. And they came in and they were determined to take that young man to, to the surgical suite and to start harvesting his organs. And there almost came to blows in that hospital between the family and the medical personnel, all because he had it on his driver's license. I'm telling you, take it off your driver's license. Make sure whoever is assigned as your health care surrogate knows how you want to be treated. And let your family make that decision if the time should ever come. Amen. Um, Life insurance. I have heard it said over years, oh, no, no, faith people don't have life insurance. They're not going to need faith. That's stupid. That is stupid. I want you to look at Proverbs. I didn't want to tell you this without being able to back it up. Well, insurance isn't in Proverbs, Pastor Angela. I know, but there's a concept here. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. It says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. He's telling us, make plans for the future. Make plans. You know, um, it, has, it has happened, unfortunately, in the last year and a half where many people have died who otherwise thought they were very healthy from COVID. Um, I had somebody put something up recently about, you know, getting some kind of life insurance, whether it's just term insurance or whatever, so that you're covered, so that you're, you can at least your funeral expenses could be covered if something should happen to you, about how many people had passed away during this pandemic that had no way, their families had no way to cover it. So there was a lot of GoFundMes being set up to cover the expenses of someone's funeral. You know, we can take care of that ourselves by just having some insurance. The sooner you get it, the, le- the cheaper it is. Now, you can't wait till you're 70 years old to get insurance and expect a good deal on it. <clears throat> but, you know, when you're young, you, you, can, you can make it a retirement plan a whole life. You know, I'm not here to sell insurance, but I'm just telling you, have something in place. Have something in place that covers final expenses and enough to cover your debts. People have been left with an enormous amount of debt because their life insurance was nil. There was none. And there was things that needed to be paid, and, and their families got left with this. Don't do that. You know, get, get some things set in motion and put in place. Yeah, well, I don't need all this stuff. You know, if I'll never use it. I th- well, then somebody else will use it. You know, the Bible talks about a good man leaves an inheritance to his children. And to his children's children. If it's nothing but an insurance policy, that could be a blessing to them. You know, that's still an inheritance. So, so carefully consider that no matter what age you are, just to get some. Just an example, my, my sister had these two grandchildren. And she basically raised them. And she took out life insurance policies on them when they were very young. You know, it's just a minimal amount. And... Um, the granddaughter passed away unexpectedly uh, a year, two year, two year, almost two years ago, 
And fortunately, my sister had this little life insurance policy that covered the expenses of the funeral. The girl was not even 22. She was just a few weeks shy of her 22nd birthday. Listen, there's a reason, you know. I, you know, I, I think you should consider it, okay? Let me just put it that way. You consider it because it's not fun for the family that's left to have to deal with money issues as well as grief. It's not fair. It's just not fair. So get things covered. I've got my husband insured for well more than he owes. So if he dies, I'm set. <laughs> when he does crazy things, when he does crazy things, I go, oh, well, the insurance policy's paid up. <laughs> Y'all heard me now, right? <laughs> When PG was in, he were in Africa in 2007. He he mentioned that they were he might jump off the Zambezi over the Zambezi River. And I said, Greg, you need to consider that you have a family, you have two children and one on the way. Consider that. Well, he didn't tell me until after it was over that he did it. And I'm going, Are you crazy? You know. Well, the insurance was paid up. Okay, wonderful, whatever. Okay. (laughs) If you're a person with children who are dependent age, you need to make sure you have something in place so that you designate who takes care of your children in the event you're not here. It's It's been a great cause for us to pray for our children over these years since they've had children because I want them to stick around to raise their children. I raised mine. I don't need to raise another batch. You know? <laughs> so that's what I tell them all the time. You know, you make sure you stay healthy so you raise your children. I mean, you know, they would have left them with us and we would, we would have done it. Obviously, this, you know, I just love to give them a hard time. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, you need to make sure if you have any assets of any kind, you have a will beneficiaries. You know, you can go down. This was all part of my, my money course a few years ago, but, but I think it's important as we're talking about health and medicine, you know, for you to understand this all, you need, you need to keep these things in mind. Uh, beneficiaries, you can go down to the bank and you can have a beneficiary assigned to your bank account so that should something happen to you, they could walk in with a, with a death certificate and, a, and an ID, and they could have access to the money in that account. Um, my parents put a lot of things in a, into a small trust, and I assumed my mother's bank account was in that trust. I was her POA, her power of attorney. So while she was alive, I could use that power of attorney. I could have paid her bills at any time. would have been fine. And I assumed, because I'm the executor of the trust, that when she died that I would, you know, that money would be accessible to me because it was in the trust. Well, lo and behold, something happened. They've been with the same bank for 60 years, but it's had like four different mergers over 60 years. And I had the paperwork concerning the fact that it was put in the, the account was in the name of a trust in 1998 when they established the trust. Somewhere along the line, it got moved out of the trust name into a personal account. I did not know that. I should have paid more attention. So it cost me two grand to file probate 
to get the money out of my mother's bank account that should not have ever had been a problem at all. So you need to name somebody. If she'd named me as a beneficiary on the thing, it still wouldn't have been a problem. So my children are beneficiaries on every bank account that we have. They're been secondary beneficiaries on life insurance policies, on 401Ks. Whatever we have, they're named as beneficiaries. We've even gone so far as to put our children's names on our home because there's something in Florida called a life-enhanced real estate deed where you can put somebody's name on that home. They can't do anything with the home until you die. You can do whatever you want with your, with your home all through that. But as soon as, as, if Pastor and I both were to die, my children, that home automatically becomes theirs without having to go through probate, without having to do any of that nonsense. It saves an enormous amount of headache. It saves an enormous amount of money. So there are things that you really need to do. Um, and, you know, a will, if you, if you, if you put things as, in, you know, in place like you should, there may not even be a need for a will, but it probably a, just a simple will just to, just to make sure everything is covered, you know, would be fine too. Uh, how about if you were, could become incapacitated or, you know, something happened to you? Can anybody find out what your bills are? What your passwords are? How many of us pay out so much stuff online these days? I mean, we all do. But can anybody find your passwords to be able to get in there? You know, I, I didn't have any authority to, to do anything with my mother's electric bill until I could prove that she was gone with a death certificate. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you, that you need to have access to. Those are things to consider just to keep in place, just like the ant prepares for winter and summer. These are things you need to prepare for when there's no reason, apparently, to prepare for so that if the day ever came, the need would be met already and the answers would be there already. Um, I am, I think, just about... Just about done here. Does anybody have any anything, you know, any questions or anything? I mean, we've got about ten minutes. Is there any 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 comments or anything? Yes. So the thing I was thinking about on the way tonight about medicine and all the different things that go into it. Can y'all hear him? If you could hear who can't hear? Okay, let me give you a mic here. Again, you know, I don't want your trust to be in medicine. I want it to be in God. Medicine, as good as it is, like I said last week, is limited. But God is not. Sorry. (laughs) Would be discerning or knowing what to do and what not to do, what kind of treatment to seek, or even when you get into some of the stuff Mm -hmm. that has become along more come along more recently based on technology that isn't really well understood. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing what to do and not to do, and I think I know the answer, but go ahead. because you're. Say, say, say that again. I'm, I'm, you kind of just, just knowing where to draw the line Yeah. between things to do and things to stay away from in the field of medicine. Um. Stay with proven methods, I would think. You know, a lot of people want, to, is that what you're saying? A lot of people want to do, try experimental stuff. There's a lady in California, a wonderful, sweet lady, 
who, you know, she, she came up with cancer, and instead of going the route that her doctors advised her to, she decided to try this other radical experimental approach. She wound up dying, and the process between, in, in the process of dying was such a horrible lack of quality of life. Be careful of what you get into. Yeah, maybe, maybe what I'm more getting at is <clears throat> it seems like medicine is becoming more politicized. Oh, yes. And so knowing what to do and what, what not to do in cases. You have to be very proactive with your health. You know, there are times, you know, um, I think it was uh, somebody who comes here uh, told me just a couple of weeks ago that, that her sister was up north and had COVID, was in the hospital, was not doing well. And, and her being in the medical field, she called there, spoke with the doctor, and asked about a particular drug. And they, oh, no, we don't use that. Even though we all know that it's effective. Um, this is where, you know, you, your faith has to come in. That, that you get with the right people, the right medicine, the right doctors, uh, the right hospital. There are some hospitals that refuse in the situation we're currently faced with to use, to use medicines that are effective and they're inexpensive. And let's face it, he's right. It's been politicized. If they can claim it's a COVID death, they get more money at the hospital. Uh, there's all kinds of things that enter into it. But you, that's where you use your faith, you know, for medicine. You got anything to add to that? This sounds like a, a, a simple answer, and it is. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Where vaccines are concerned, you must be led by the Spirit. You do what the Spirit of God leads you to do. You don't have to be influenced by what other people do, even in your church family. There are people here who have different point of views. You follow what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. And what he leads you to do will be right. Right. You know, I, I found out, you know, over the years, you know, in dealing with doctors, that there are times when, you know, you're, you're faced with a medical situation and there are many options of how to deal with it. And many times doctors will give you the information that will push you to make a decision that they think you should make. And you must be very aware of every option available to you and then go to God. Um, you know, after I had colon cancer, um, five years went by and I, and I found a lump. And then we had, we had that, you know, taken out. And, and it was because uh, colon cancer likes to metastasize into, breast, into the breast area. And I found a lump and we got it out and there was nothing to it. Thank God, you know. Uh, and so and two years later, something else came up on a mammogram. And, and, it, and it came back as something called ADH, atypical ductal hyperplasia, which is a precursor to precancer of the breast. And so they sent me to an oncologist. Now, when I had colon cancer and they told me I had positive lymph nodes and that I needed to do chemo, you know, I just, you know, at the, at the time I felt like, you know, God had, had taken care of it with the surgery. And when I went home after, after being told that, I said, now, you know, I was by myself, said, now, Lord, I, I really thought 
you told me surgery would take care of it. And the answer I got immediately was what makes you think it didn't. Two lymph nodes is all there was. You know, so I, but I felt like I should go ahead with the chemo for a number of reasons I won't go into. But anyway, I, I went ahead with it, you know, and, and just believe God through the process. In 2009, they, they came back with this ADH stuff. They sent me into an oncologist, a lady, who, who said, okay, well, this is what we recommend. We want to put you on tamoxifen, an oral chemo drug, for five years. And they gave me all the stats, you know, on this stuff. And I said, let me think about it. Didn't, know she, didn't think she'd quite understand. Let me go pray about it and see what God's got to say. So I just said, let me think about it. When I came back and I said, no, not going to do that. She was not happy with me. It's not her body. It's mine. Jackie, come here. I want you to tell them this story. You know what story I'm talking about. Where that doctor wanted you to do a double mastectomy. Yeah, I had um, a lump removed from my breast. And they, they they first told me that I had cancer. But then I had another one removed, and they said, oh, well, that one isn't cancer. And then they called back and said, well, neither was the other one. It's this, it's this kind of, if, so then I went and had, after having the surgery, I, they were like, okay, it's this. It's like, it makes you seven times more likely in your lifetime to have breast cancer. Well, I was already over 60, okay, so lifetime seven. So I was like, okay, fine. So I went. I had to follow up with the with the surgeon, the breast surgeon, and she was like, okay, well now, when we have found this, would I always offer bilateral mastectomy? And I was like, no, thank you. She said, really? Are you sure? You don't? I I said. No, I don't want you to cut off both my breasts. I just don't want you to do that. And she was appalled. She actually really, she really tried to make me feel like I was committing suicide. And I've had no problem. I knew in my heart, you know, this was, I knew in my heart that it was not, that it was not going to be a problem. But you just have to. You have to, to be follow. led by the Spirit. You have to. You know you do. You, you definitely do. And, and if there's one thing that, that we all um, need to focus on carefully is making sure we know how to hear God. You go, go back there in the bookstore, how to be led by the Spirit. You need to always, for every aspect of your life, you need to know how to be led because you need to be led in every area of your life. But when it comes to your body, you need to be led. If this little insignificant seeming symptom on the inside you hear, go get that checked out. You go get it checked out. I've heard more than one person tell me, well, you know, I just got this, got this you know, thing that maybe I just need to go get a checkup because I haven't been in a while. And they found something serious. No symptoms but they were just led to go get a checkup, and there it was. Or some little minor symptom, you know, it turned out to be something major. You know, don't turn into hypochondriacs. Don't run to the doctor every single time. Something. Follow the inward man, and he will preserve your life. 
Sometimes it's something that's, that's not critical, but sometimes it is. You know, if it's serious, God will tell you if you're listening. But you've got to be willing to listen. You've got to be willing to hear. You've got to be willing to obey. Yeah, but I don't want to. Well, it doesn't matter what you want to do. Do you want to live? You know, you know follow what it, what he, whatever he's telling you to do, just follow it. You know, and just and do it so that you can live a long and prosperous life. That's what this is all about. God's will is always to heal. You and I sometimes will will miss the mark. We're not ready. Our faith is not up to the level to just believe God for it to just take care of it, be taken care of and just be gone. And when it's not to that place, God will help us by providing us with medical aid and medical assistance. But your faith has still got to be working. It's got to be working in every area. You know, a surgeon can kill you when you're on the table. You want, the, you want a good one. You want his skill level beyond his natural, what he naturally has. You want his, his eyes to be, to be sharp, to see something that, how many, I've, I've seen many times where somebody got in there and found something they didn't even know was there and were able to get it out. You know, nobody knew it was there. You know, they were there for some other reason, you know, but they, they found it. That's what you want. You go into any of this believing God, you know, and following the inward witness. Amen. All right, well, we're done, and I promise you we'll not be talking about this subject next week. You know, I'm done. But, you know, it just seems that there are times when, you know, as pastors, you have to deal with some real practical aspects of life. You know, and, and healing is, is a fundamental part of your covenant with God. It is your inheritance to be healed and whole. And he's provided access to medical aid to help us when we're, we're not going to get it at 100% level of, on our own faith. So when my faith is lacking, he's got another way. Hallelujah. He always provides a way. But you have to be willing to follow the way he, he leads you. Amen? So praise God. We love you. I want to keep you all around here so that we can all go to heaven when the trumpet sounds. That's, that's really what I'd like. This, what, are you not, what are you not really, 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 really like is on a Sunday morning when we're all in one place, when we're already praising God. When we're already here with our hands lifted up and our voices raised, hallelujah, and our hearts turned toward him to hear a trumpet sound and us all just leave together. Woo, wouldn't that be glorious? <laughs> hallelujah. But if we're not here in this place together, I'll meet you in the air. I'll meet you in the air. Amen. Good night. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.